Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the movers and shakers of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grow With Us is a podcast that highlights the work of in Tulsa and informs you about the exciting and innovative work being done around the city by its best and brightest. In Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies, to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa, and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. This week, we're in conversation with Teresa Bigelow, publicist and founder of Spiral 5, who will be chatting with me about founding a boot camp, moving to a new city, and democratizing the PR industry. Thank you so much for being here, Teresa. It's so good to have you. Thank you, Evan. It's great to be here. Yes, I, I'm really excited about this conversation because I've got to have a couple of uh, interactions with you, Teresa, that have led to this moment where I'm sitting across from you right now, which is really exciting. <laughs> yes. I got to excited. I got to step on the stage of a clubhouse uh, <laughs> event. Yes. Which was so cool. I that was my first time ever using the app. <laughs> that was when we were talking about intuitive communication strategies. Yes. Yeah. We were getting a little witchier. It was so cool. I was like, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people know this, but like or, or at least about me, but like women like are very, very influential in my life. Like I can, the first five people that I would say have like influenced who I am as a person would be women. And so like being in that space, like, uh, you know, kind of as a male identifying person in a unfamiliar, I guess, industry, I was like, I think that everyone knows that this is like a cool thing and they're just talking about it in, in so many cool ways. I don't know. I was really into it. <laughs> I love that. I love that you felt comfortable. We are, we consider ourselves the public sisterhood is um, kind of how our, our cute our cute uh, name for ourselves. But the way I put it is like, it's anyone who identifies with the sisterhood. So, you know, that can be men as well. So we're not gender specific to women, but I'm glad that you felt comfortable in our funky little clubhouse room. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's so cool. Well, yeah. I'm so excited to get into this episode. Um, mm -hmm. Teresa, go ahead and tell me uh, your story in kind of whatever way you feel comfortable. So I graduated. Actually, so I grew up in New Mexico, really small town in New Mexico, ended up in San Diego for journalism school. When I graduated school, I felt this desire to do big things and realized San Diego was probably not the place to do them and ended up doing your classic move across the country with two suitcases and a thousand dollars in the bank account. And showed up in New York City with no plan, no job, no friends. <laughs> and like three weeks later, everything just worked out wonderfully. And ambition. That's all it took. <laughs> it's Yeah. You know, having heart, ambition, being being willing to kind of go through some gritty spaces, right? Like I was living in a $600 a month teeny room in Brooklyn, but I was just stoked to have a roof over my head. And I was willing to be a hostess at a French restaurant on the Upper West Side. And I was willing to kind of go through all those motions because it was an adventure. That led to, ultimately led to getting a job in PR, which I hadn't known very much about. I came from a journalism background, like I said, and that was kind of my goal was to be a magazine editor in New York. And a, a tech PR agency who I had interviewed with back in, in California happened to get in touch with me right after I moved to New York. Uh, and they wanted to hire me as their like their first New York employee, basically. So I didn't know much about PR. I didn't know anything about technology. 
this was like 2012 before like the tech scene was really well known. Like it was kind of still this kitschy thing that tech bros kind of <laughs> just gathered at Soho House. And like I was it was a kind of mysterious place for me to be in. Um, but it ended up being really valuable. Of course, now we know that no, understanding the tech industry is one of the more valuable uh, pieces of knowledge and skill sets that you can have through your career. Um, so incredibly grateful and did that for a couple of years. And while I started to learn the the tactical strategies of public relations and what it involves, um, I realized that, you know, it's not rocket science <laughs> and I could translate it to other spaces. So, for instance, I started doing, uh, you know, some freelance work with um, my my uncle, who happens to be a very well-known bluegrass musician, and was able to get some really cool magazine features for him. And I'm like, you know, I think I prefer this freelance gig. Uh, but I also was super young and I didn't have a network really or enough experience. Went to India, did my yoga teacher training. I went to Thailand and just sort of did the whole like, I'm going to backpack around Southeast Asia. That's and so cool. Of course, freaked my parents out because they're like, but your career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and I was learning a lot about myself. So, yeah, during that two years at the PR agency, it's, the, the being around other what's called the female founder movement. Yeah. I think people don't say that as much anymore. But back then it was like, I'm a female founder. And it was really, it was actually really inspiring mm -hmm. for someone coming from small town, New Mexico. Uh, and so it lit that entrepreneurial spirit for me. And I don't know if I knew how to channel it or express it. Yeah. And so it, it was coming from a place that maybe wasn't as aligned. So when I I kind of got off the career train and I went to India and I did my yoga teacher training and I ended up in Thailand. Um, there was something about it that helped me learn so much more about myself. Yeah. So the time I got back um, to New York, I had felt that that six months I had grown and I had achieved, quote, so much more than I had in the first two years of my career working in more conventional. Um, so all of this was kind of starting to like build my my values around what career should be about and what business and creativity is. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up working with a music streaming service. I was in-house PR director uh, living in India. So I would go between New York and India. What a commute. <laughs> <laughs> like an 18 hour commute, let me tell you. <laughs> it was it. quite a bit. But um, it kept life really interesting and I learned a lot again. And then I realized, you know, as awesome as this company is, I just don't want to work for anybody else. I want to work for myself. So in 2016, I started my private PR practice, uh, independent consultancy. Um, and Essentially, we have been did that. I essentially did that until late 2021, um, where at this point, I would say I've transitioned into more of like a founder role. Um, but Spiral Five has kind of been in motion for several years, and we'll yeah. talk about that. Um, but what's important for you to know and for this conversation is yeah. that in 2019, uh, I decided to make the move to Tulsa with a program called Tulsa Remote. Yes. And here I am. It's awesome. You, we get to call you a Tulsa now. Yeah. Did you call yourself one? 
It's been two and a half years. I think I'm. I think I'm. You're I think the I'm pod. there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll claim you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You you grew up here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you say I'm a Tulsa, then yeah, I get I get final say. I, I just want everybody <laughs> to know that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, I think that's so. I mean, oh my gosh, you have so many things I'd love to talk about here. Like, first of all, where'd you grow up in New Mexico? Because I lived in New Mexico before. No, you did I not. I lived in Santa Fe for um, about four and a half months. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I grew up in Silver City. Okay. It's in the southwest part of the state. It's really tucked in the mountains of the Gila wilderness, and you yes. have to want to go there to go there. Wow. But I, I recommend love... visiting. Oh, yeah. Well, every part of New Mexico, I'm like, I think everyone needs to visit that place. <laughs> it's so cool. It's special, isn't it? Yes. Well, and let's talk let's let's talk about the the main part and just the part that I I'm really really wanting to to kind of learn more about is just this entrepreneurial journey like I think it's really I love the way you laid it out because I think that it's so interesting to kind of mark passages of time with also where your career develops and just it sounds like what you were saying is that you were just learning more about yourself the more experience you got the more experiences helped you refine and understand your value system that you can now lean on to become your own uh, uh, your own boss and your own founder of your own company which is so so cool um so yeah and that that's so cool i i, lo- I love that we're going to get to talk about that some more let's talk about tulsa too how has tulsa been um kind of a maybe a catalyst if 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 that what would you say how would you describe tulsa as like playing a role in in spiral five Oh, God. Oh, so many, so many ways. Um, But and first of all, I have to kind of acknowledge that it it was so unexpected. Mm -hmm. I mean, my friends were really used to me taking off and traveling and moving to India and moving back and being kind of all over the place. But when I said I was moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma, it was like shock, you know, (laughs) like what? What? This was before COVID. So during COVID, a lot of people started to make moves and realized more rural areas provided a higher quality of life, more affordable. But this was kind of before that became normalized. So it was really strange. And I think what what was connect like what I was learning over the course of my eight years in New York and stints in India in between was that I just like to experience things that are new and different. And also through that process, I kind of came back into my roots, which is community, smaller town vibes, a little bit more of a low-key lifestyle as my full-time space, my full-time home base. And I also realized that I still love the big city, the glamour, the the events, the parties, the networking. Like, I love all of that. And I'm still really connected to just like a really down-to-earth kind of arena. So that was my initial interest in joining Tulsa Remote. Um, and that also started and then I, I started but I can't ever just be somewhere without feeling connected to it like I want to feel involved I think a lot of people have moved here and they're happy to just live here and buy a house and make some friends and go to happy hour that's totally fine nothing against that I really want to like feel integrated um and I had already I already had this collective of independent publicists in New York and we were pretty informal we would just get together every quarter or so and the idea was that we're all working independently but my we might as well have some colleagues and some support systems around us so if somebody you know needs to take a week off or they're out of town and their client has an event you can call on somebody who knows what they're doing to step in and and help you out 
That's huge. That's like having backup, basically. <laughs> yes. It's like having colleagues without the office politics is mm-hmm. what we say. Uh, and <laughs> and that was working in like a fun, informal way, but it wasn't really something I could monetize unless I was going to really lean into the community and the membership side. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like that was a real need. Um, and so as I as I got ready to make the move to Tulsa, and as I arrived here, I can't really remember what it was that inspired me initially, but I think part of it was that I had had a friend who wanted to learn PR. Mm-hmm. And she started working with me first as just like a fun, like, let me help you out. And then I started paying her. And then she kind of was pretty good. Like she was yeah. getting some good results. And it wasn't something she wanted to pursue as a full-time career. But what I realized was that this is learnable. And I also thought how many women are in areas like Tulsa who are super savvy and smart and are looking for flexible, freedom-based kind of lives and opportunities where they can integrate their personal and professional lives and be home with their kids or, you know, just do their own thing, travel, Um, and who I could then connect to the network I had acquired through New York um, and, and globally um, entrepreneurs, of artists, of creatives who really have cool stories to tell but can't afford a PR agency. Yeah. Um, and then I also considered the number of independent publicists on the se- like more seasoned side who often need part-time support. Yeah. And so I developed this idea of the entry-level freelancer uh, and a starter publicist, so somebody who maybe has professional skills that they can translate to PR or is just out of college and wants to dive into their work into the workforce as freelancers. Tulsa was kind of the inspiration for connecting the dots between more rural areas and the cities in a way that hadn't been done before. Yeah, I would to- I would totally say that that is the almost like charm a little bit of Tulsa is that I, mm-hmm. I think we've said this on every episode, but like Tulsa has that partially small town vibe, but also, like you said, kind of these amenities of the big city where you mm-hmm. do feel connected to a network that's maybe having happy hour, going to parties or or even just there's an urban presence about at least where we are right now in downtown. Totally. Yeah. Which is totally necessary to actually keep people here. You oh, know? my gosh. Yeah. And I, I think that also that entry level person that you're talking about is going to be if they have a history with Oklahoma, they're going to probably, you know, maybe this was me a little bit, but resent their small town <laughs> and and want to change. And Tulsa is a great, I think, intermediary for, you know, like a big New York move or like a big L.A. move. Like you get to try living in a city that's a little bit faster paced, but not too fast, um, but also have some of the same comfortabilities of what you're used to, like your roots. Yeah. And it's like the access. I think part of what makes Tulsa so wonderful and the community here that that was a huge I know this is a question for later, but a huge part of me staying was the energy around creativity, entrepreneurship, uh, diversity, like developing these kind of, you know, next generation paradigms. And that, uh, of course, opens up access to nationwide opportunities which Tolson's may not have had, you know, without that type of dynamic. Oh, yeah, that's that's we're going to get into this, which is yeah. so cool. But I, I think it's a huge thing to highlight now is just that 
the where we're at with i mean right now we're in february of 2022 i'm gonna mark the time the remote aspects of our our jobs and like being able to enjoy the i guess the luxury sometimes of just working from home and and having this more dispersed lifestyle i think is is more appealing because it also allows us to understand what our worth is a little bit too your your at least for me it felt it feels like I am understanding that my labor is valued regardless of where I'm at and I can do it from the comfort of my own. <laughs> we were just talking about how I haven't left my house in a couple of days, but <laughs> it's so nice. Like I, yeah. I, I, get, I get to have that comfort because that's my that's my place. And I also, I mean, it's also just cheaper to live here. <laughs> we yeah. all know that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a big talking about values and how those map to Spiral 5. Mm-hmm. The agency to design my life was the most important thing for working on my own and for going out on yes. my own as a publicist. I just didn't want to have to go into an office when somebody else wanted me to go into an office. That yeah. was me personally. And I developed Spiral 5 as a platform to help other women discover that type of dynamic. And it just so happened that COVID, hap- like COVID reared its ugly head yeah. right after I started developing the infrastructure for Spiral 5. So it was such great timing because yeah. now you had this – in this normalization and also people starting to get used to what it's like to be able to work from home or work from wherever, work from paradise if they want. Uh, So yeah, it was, it's kind of all amazing how like the values of Spiral 5 started to become externalized in the world in a really big way. Which is awesome. It's that, that definitely helps you have a platform for launch, (laughs) which is huge. And yeah, I I felt kismet. Totally. I think that you've also like capitalized on that, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, we've we've kind of <laughs> talked about uh, some of these a little bit, but like what are some elements of a city that help you feel you personally just feel more comfortable and, and likely to call that place home? Creative culture, music, art. Personally, those are really important to me. Feeling like there are high minded, conscious humans around. I have I have acquired a, a really solid group of amazing women who are similar to me in that we we are interested in personal development and spiritual development and mm-hmm. we enjoy travel and we also enjoy staying home and working on our businesses and being super focused. So that I think people are crucial that's number 1 and I've loved the music scene here. A, a fun little anecdote yes. prior <laughs> you, Yes, anecdotes. <laughs> uh and then just put a pin in the in the people and the arts and the creative but um, like six months before Tulsa Remote was even on my radar, so it was 2018, I had been listening to so much electronic music because mm-hmm. that was kind of the world I was living in in New York. And suddenly I got this desire to listen to more roots and like country, but not country, like not like West, um, what would be the, not pop country, but gotcha. like old timey country and blues. And I discovered JJ Kale completely, you know, just probably on Spotify or something. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I was like, this is my jam. I had no idea. I didn't even know about Tulsa. Like, it didn't mm. even occur to me as a place. Um, I didn't know JJ. I didn't know there was anything called the Tulsa Sound. I didn't know Eric Clapton covered most of his, like, most most of a lot of, let's say, I didn't know a lot of Eric Clapton's hits were 
part of this like Tulsa sound movement. Mm. And then Tulsa Remote comes up. Actually, Tulsa Tomorrow originally brought me here. Gotcha. With a weekend uh, event. And then I met Tulsa Remote. And that's where I discovered that this artist I had fallen in love with in the last six months had created the Tulsa sound. And I was like, okay, all signs point to Tulsa. Yes. Um, but to but to that point, the music scene here has always been really fun for me. And I think it's because it's just so different from yep. what you you can access anything in New York, but it's not on the same kind of fun dive bar. Like I love going to Mercury Lounge and it's not like the the type of dynamic that you have going out here is never going to compete with New York City. And I like that. Yes. I think if they tried, I wouldn't appreciate it as much. Ooh, that's a good point. I think that um, a lot of people want to say or a lot of people might like like you're kind of alluding to want us to compete with those other cities instead of carving in like a newer identity or like our own version of what live music is like, Cause, which I think that. Tulsa already has that and mm -hmm. it's had that for a while. Just I'm so sad that we're still in the pandemic where our music scene is is mm -hmm. so directly impacted by um, by the pandemic. But we're going to get there where I'm, I'm being hopeful. But um, I'm also totally. glad you got to experience like what that music scene was like before the pandemic, because that's the mm -hmm. Tulsa that I knew when I left. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to return to. But things happen and we're going to get there. <laughs> It's coming back. It's back coming in back. small doses. Exactly. I'm yeah. I'm really excited for some stuff that we have going on. And I, I think that you're so right with people, arts, and culture. Like that is the main that's the main thing that I think for me, I would say helps me at, get attracted to a city. Can I do things there? Can I meet the people that are interested in doing the things that I like to do there? And then can I also pour into a community is kind of another thing that I find really interesting. And is there a culture that I like I don't know if the right word is prescribed to but just like aligned with and I think that I I mean obviously I'm still here I, I think that I'm creating that culture for myself too it's almost like taking what's there applying it to yourself and then giving back is kind of the way mm -hmm. that I think about this yeah and you left right and came back mm -hmm. and where did you go I was in New Hampshire uh okay. for almost five years which is wild very very different than Oklahoma especially when you're talking really? about that yeah, rural East versus Coast. urban thing yeah. too because uh, Hanover, New Hampshire is like, it's like an, an oasis of wealth in terms of like the city. But then mm -hmm. as soon as you're outside of it, you're in a very rural place that is very, very similar to Oklahoma, except for the fact that it's all um, concentrated. Mm -hmm. I, you have a concentrated rural area, whereas Oklahoma is so spread out rural area, which mm -hmm. is really interesting to kind of mm -hmm. dissect the differences between yeah, well, I think the the boomerangs, as they call you guys, mm -hmm. are super impactful because you go back, you go out into the world or the other places of the country and you learn new things and you experience new things and then you bring it back and then you find ways to create that in Tulsa, which is what create uh, that's what cultivates this unique blend of worldly, urban, and still the prairie. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like what Tulsa, like Tulsa Creative Engine has been doing cool little events. And I love Fire in Little Africa. Mm -hmm. That type, not that I, I'm not like a huge hip hop fan, but just like the existence of it. Yeah. For me, it shows that there are people thinking differently. Yeah. And that and is, you know them personally. Yeah. I don't know if that's an, if that's something that means something to you, but I love the idea that I might know someone that is like a creative director for those things because yes. it's one connection away. Yeah, or I know. I know people that are putting on the event, and I go to that event, and I get to like 
hang out with the person that put on that event because totally. like, we follow each other on Instagram. That's all it takes sometimes. Totally. It's so serendipitous. It's there's just more access to the people doing cool stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is always fun. I like to feel like a VIP as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so now tell us all about Spiral Five and everything that you all do. Yay. Okay. My favorite topic. One of one of my favorite topics. So Spiral 5 is essentially a career development slash PR agency hybrid. So we do work with all levels of clients. I personally still run clients on a level of, uh, you know, culture, innovation, alternative health and wellness and lifestyle. Uh, And then what has happened in the last six months is the incubator portion of our business, which includes the eight week training in the PR fundamentals, and then goes on to a 12-month incubator in which the women, some men, are essentially developing their skills as PR business owners. Um, and through that, we're connecting them to smaller scale clients, startups, entrepreneurs, creatives who need part-time support, um, but who are not ready or cannot afford a PR agency or even a more seasoned senior publicist. We still have senior publicists in the network as well. So remember, I mentioned that our first, it, like our first version of Spiral Five, was a community of independent publicists in New York. So they are now our senior publicists, and they're wonderful uh, because they they often help to hire and mentor our starter publicists. And then we can share. We still share resources. We have events. We have guest speakers. Um, so it's truly kind of this ecosystem of publicists on all levels and clients all through the lens of freelance and independent work, which is why we consider it, um, you know, democratizing PRs. We, we talk a lot a bit about uh, we talk a lot about that from the from the perspective that m- traditionally PR has been kind of contained within these big box PR agencies. And then over time, those have now, you know, kind of synthesized out or they've sort of spread out into more boutique agencies. And now we're going even further where you're seeing people go out on their own as independent publicists. And Spiral 5 essentially breaks that down even more with the the apprenticeships, the entry level freelancer, the people who are in their first year or two of being um, a publicist and entering PR through this lens. Um, And what's cool about that is if you have a 35-year-old in Kansas who knows she could do PR, there has not been a way for her to enter the industry. We're trying to change that. Yeah. Breaking down barriers to access are so, so huge. I also love the idea that it's it's entry level or just wherever you're at. It doesn't... Yeah. You get to approach this program and approach Spiral 5 with the pretense that it's okay that I don't know anything <laughs> and and it's safe to to fail and learn. Yeah. That's so awesome and so totally. needed right now. I think for just reflecting as a 24-year-old a like who didn't really know what they want to do, I still don't know what I want to do sometimes. It's so enticing to know that there are communities and, and organizations out there allowing us to fail <laughs> and allowing us to learn from those mistakes mm-hmm. and really put us on a path towards success. Yeah, it's to figure it out. It's modular. You don't have to go to school, get a bachelor's degree in public relations or whatever it is that you would consider doing. There's a lot, they, they call it the reskilling and upskilling mm-hmm. industry, which I had not heard about until recently. And turns out Spiral 5 is doing that, which is cool. 
And it's, yeah, any stage of your career, you can tap into one of these boot camps. There's lots for tech, for the tech industry. Yeah. Um, and reskill or upskill what you already know and then get connected into job opportunities. Yeah. And tell me about the remote aspect of it. Cause I think that mm-hmm. that's a, it's a very crucial part. You mentioned this like almost anecdote of like someone, some woman in Kansas. Well, it could be some woman or some man or, or some person anywhere in the world. And that's mm-hmm. a huge part of, why Spiral 5 is so exciting to me. Yeah, exactly. It's It can really be anyone. We're focused on the U.S. right now, but you know, we, we're looking to, to go global at some point because we do have that network of potential mm-hmm. clients as well. But you know, we have starter publicists and senior members in New York and San Francisco. We have them in Atlanta. You know, like it's cool to see how one of our starter publicists in Atlanta is. We have through our course, our online training, we connect the the incubator participants to a practice project. So they are essentially learning the material with a real business. Yeah. And so one of our starter publicists in Atlanta was matched with one of the Fire in Little Africa hip hop artists in Tulsa. Uh, so you kind of start to like create these cross these nationwide connections. Yeah. Um, so that that's what's possible because it's remote. Um, and from a values perspective, I'm really excited about helping women develop really flexible career paths and have agency, have their own businesses, which if you look at part of what I did, I did a lot of research on the MLM space, like the industry. And I personally think that that can be extremely misleading, but they kind of they kind of market the like girl boss. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're able to be so successful with women in the in the southern and Midwest states in particular is because these women have the same desire for flexibility for for control over their own lives to run their own businesses like hashtag like you know the quote girl boss mentality gaslight no yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly they they have like they still want all of that but they don't necessarily know the have the access so then somebody lularoe whatever comes around and is like hey like here's a business in a box and you're gonna make all this money and it's you know for most people it doesn't really work out um, but to me, that was a sign that there was a desire for impactful or to do something that was their own and create something that's their own. Yeah. Um, and so from a values perspective, have being able to develop something that's remote for these women and men or people yeah. um, is Autonomy, cool. I think, is a great word to describe this because I, yeah. I think that career, autonomy and, and, and independence, both of those are mm-hmm. something that like, it's I, I think if you look at previous like career tra- trajectories for some people or just like looking at the job industries out there, mm-hmm. that independence and autonomy are sometimes what you compromise uh, when you yeah. go down a career path. And this is a huge right. way to have that in your own hands. Right. Well, so women are usually we're encouraged to either be entrepreneurs and like a startup founder type of dynamic, like go raise capital, which is. Yeah really difficult and the majority of venture capital still goes to men and the other side of it that's glorified is working your way up the career ladder which you're giving up a lot of your flexibility and autonomy solopreneurship is in many ways kind of ignored and it's not in the same way glorified as a path for women and i actually think it's one of the best yeah it's well where i'm I'm very (laughs) i'm very glad you're on this path because i think it's i think it's so huge um especially I don't want to, I guess, like, I don't want to incorrectly associate this to, like, a a feminist, like, 
perspective, but I, I do think that it's really important to understand that empowering women is really a, a huge byproduct of this initiative and that it's so needed because a lot of industries are out there are not empowering women. <laughs> and that is the right. sad truth. Um, there's a lot of, and in, in, in BIPOC as well, there's a lot of diversity and inclusion strategies. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed with Spiral, I mean, we're still learning a ton, yeah. um, but at least what I noticed with the application process, just through posting on LinkedIn and um, Indeed, 60% of our inbound applicants were LGBTQ, BIPOC, Indigenous, Latinx. Yeah. And that was just completely organic. And I'm like, well, here's what happens when you change systems. Exactly. You attract different types of people. Yeah. That's the democratizing part. That's democratizing the access in practice. And mm -hmm. I hope you I hope you get your flowers for that. Like I hope you know that you're <laughs> that you're appreciated <laughs> in the space. I, I I appreciate that, but it's yeah. certainly not something I would do in order for flat in order to have flowers. But I love yeah. flowers. <laughs> we'll get, I'll take we'll get them. You some. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Of course. So kind of to round us out on this conversation, let's talk about Spiral Five and Tulsa, that relationship. How would you like to see Tulsa grow in the near future? And what might help us keep attracting talented entrepreneurs uh, coming to the city like yourself? Mm -hmm. I love the startup scene. And you guys is bringing startup, is kind of recruiting startup. And I, I think the tech industry is wonderful, but there are so many other industries. The majority of the people looking at Spiral 5 as, like, as a, an outlet for their PR are actually coming from more lifestyle, culture, mm. arts, creativity, music is big. And I think that those elements actually what, are what make a city interesting for the, the development or the flourishing of a tech industry. Mm. So... For me, I think the like a huge piece of gro of Tulsa's growth is going to be the ancillary, the arts, the lifestyle that can be further cultivated in order to allow for these really economically impactful industries to thrive. Teresa, this has been amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you fun. so much. I could talk for another hour, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We'll have to get I'll you. I'll let you eat lunch. Yes, that would be, <laughs> we could talk forever. I love that. Tell us, um, or anyone that's listening kind of, how they can get involved with you, what's um, what's going on in your life going forward, and mm -hmm. how can they stay connected? Yeah, well, more than happy to chat with anybody in Tulsa. So if they want to reach out, I'm Teresa at Spiral5.com. Uh, Spiral5.com, there's lots of info. There's, you know, a, a, the higher page details all of our packages and offerings for people who are looking for affordable PR. And then, you know, the incubator page is for people who want to take a look at the application. We accept applications on a rolling basis. We'll probably start our new cohort in April. Um, but that's, don't quote me on that. It's not it's a moving target at the moment. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think head to the website, shoot me an email if there's any interest. I'm also really looking for ways to integrate further into Tulsa with Spiral 5. Right now we have three starter publicists out of 15 in Oklahoma. And I think that there's a lot of room to develop that and increase that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We're here to network for you too. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you, Evan. Thank you so much for being with us on this episode of Grow With Us. And for our listeners, I'd like to plug a few resources that might be helpful for you. If you would like to stay in touch with all of our featured jobs and opportunities at Intulsa, then please join our talent network. You can join at talent.intulsa.com. That's talent.intulsa.com. By joining our talent network, you will get access to our newsletter where you can stay up to date with our latest career advice, 
featured opportunities within Tulsa partner companies, and our placement success stories. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you listen to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. And let us know what you think by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Huge thank you to our editors at Rant9 Studios and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us. Thank you.